You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Had a fun day on Twitter today, Crocker. You threw me onto the bus with the, the new uniform thing. Everyone's excited about them. And you're like, hey, guess what? At BD Peacock does not like the new unis. You sent people after me. So I had to had to take on some folks, but all in good fun. Uh, I had a good time doing that. Uh, there's some, um, we'll get into all that stuff. I'll read a couple tweets and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, there is some news about the 49ers getting in a little bit of hot water. We kind of knew about some of it, but some some more details from Adam Schefter on the 49ers getting fined for some no-nos in OTAs this offseason. And we'll dip into if we have some... Oh, Jalen Moore, too. That's the big thing this episode. We're talking about Jalen Moore, the 49ers' fifth-round offensive tackle. Is he a tackle? Is he a guard from Western Michigan, we will have the scouting report on the 49ers' fifth round draft pick on today's program, and maybe some time for some of your Twitter questions. Croc, where to begin here? Let's start with the 49ers getting in trouble. And I saw you had a little back and forth here with Grant Cohn on Twitter, which is always fun. Basically, Schefter uh, talked about today, and we knew the 49ers got into trouble and maybe had to lose a week of practice, but then Kyle Shanahan said he was canceling it anyway. Was he lying? I'm not sure about this. He says, or Schefter says, the NFL is expected to fine three teams for OTA violations, and then it came out officially that it was the 49ers among those teams, along with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Dallas Cowboys, for their OTA violations, and we had heard about the the contact that happened in rookie minicamp as well that the 49ers were getting in trouble for. Uh, I don't know what the exact fine was for the 49ers, but I assume it's exactly the same as what the Jaguars got here, and I'm seeing a report now for Urban Meyer, who personally got fined $100,000 by the NFL, and the organization got uh, fined two hundred thousand dollars for this, along with that week of practice that they lost. Did they lose the week, or did Shanahan send the guys home early before mandatory mini camp? Crock, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you have a theory. So I have a theory. All right, and I responded to Grant Cohn. Grant Cohn's my buddy on there, and we had a little back and forth. And Grant's initial reaction, like a lot of people, were, were was where well, so the 49ers lied, and or did they lie? You know, asking right. like, yeah, like the league more, took like, that Kyle week away. Shanahan Kyle Shanahan didn't send him home early. He was forced to by the league. Right. Now, my initial reaction was, well, I specifically remember Kyle Shanahan saying that after minicamp, he the rookies were gonna hang, were gonna stay there for another week. For, they were gonna stay around a little bit longer. And I was like, Well, of course, that's what I did. When I was a rookie, we, we had minicamp. And then after the mandatory minicamp, the rookies had to stay behind for another week. And I remember that vividly. And uh, so then we kind of, you know, had our little, you know, back and forth, just kind of discussing the details of it and stuff like that. So Grant sent the dates of everything. And there is a cutoff after mandatory minicamp. And there aren't any dates after that. And I'm like, well, if that's that's it, then, yeah, that he for sure lied. But then I was like, man. Let me look and see the jet schedule. So I looked at the jet schedule from 2013 when I was there and I'm looking at the dates now and the mandatory mini camp is from June 11th to June 13th. After that, there is nothing else listed. So just like what he sent me, this is listed as the exact same, but we, the rookies 
and some of the second-year players all had to stay behind as continued part of OTAs for an extra week. And then my flight, and because the Jets pay from um, your flight and everything, my flight that they booked me because I was like, well, maybe I'm maybe I'm tripping, but nope. The flight was for the day after everything ended, which was June 21st. So we literally had to stay out there extra week while all the veterans got to go home. So I'm wondering if the 49ers, if Kyle Shanahan, if they if they got that part kind of suspended or via, you know whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, did they did they get that canceled by the NFL? that extra part where they're supposed to have the rookies out there. And then because of that, they weren't able to have the rookies as he said that they were going to do. I'm hoping that makes sense. Yeah, kind of all over the place. That, that makes perfect sense to me because I remember the timeline. I remember it all. And I remember Kyle Shanahan talking about that, that the rookies were going to hang out and they did not hang out. So something definitely happened there for, from what Shanahan planned on happening and what actually happened. But my question is, how was that ever legal? Because there's a rookie mini camp. It's separate. If there are dates for, Mandatory minicamp. It's June. Uh, you have. I'm looking at your dates right now from your uh, Jets camp. It was uh, June 11th through June 13th, and your flight's on the 21st. Like they expect you to be around. That that sounds that sounds pretty mandatory for you as a rookie. And obviously, you're trying to make a team, so I'm sure you're going to be there whenever they want you to be there. But that just seems odd to me that they would like. Why are you? Why do you have these schedules? Why do you have all these camps? Rookie camp, OTAs, mandatory minicamp. The others are not mandatory. If you're just going to be there anyway and hanging out and, and the coaches expect you to be there, like none of that even makes sense. So I don't even understand what's going on with any of this offseason stuff. And I wonder if maybe he got in trouble for that. I wonder if the league heard him say that and said, no, they're not sticking around. We I gave have to you have a schedule and that ain't happening because that's not how things are supposed to go. We scheduled it for you. This is the rules. You can't just tell the rookies to hang out for an extra week. I have to ask some of my NFL buddies. I should do like a live call on right now. Put put Will Blackman on speakerphone. Yeah, where's phone Will? And do and, and do like uh, uh, Shannon Sharp and say and and don't let him know he's live. But <laughs> tell us what uh, you really think you know, about minicamp. I'll ask one of my guys like, "Hey, did the veterans get to go home, or you know, did the rookies go home at the same time as the veterans?" Because again, that wasn't my situation that I had. All the veterans went home. Rookies, we had to stay behind, and we worked out the whole time. We worked out, watch film. Did that whole thing. And the whole offseason is strange anyway because the facilities are open and guys are there. And then there's like a camp and the and like the players are probably thinking, well, I was here for weeks anyway. Like what, you know, what's different about tomorrow? Yeah. Than, and I mean, I guess there's more people here and we're having a, a quote unquote practice, but I've been here working out anyway. So I, I wonder even what happened. Like, so for you, that extra week you spent after mandatory mini camp with just the rookies what are you guys working on is this on-field drills is it just classroom stuff is it just weights like like what's happening yeah it was weight weights classroom and like uh agility and conditioning type stuff okay so it's not like on-field one-on-one type seven on seven eleven on eleven work it's more no. individual stuff yep and then rookies we also had to report like a week earlier than the vets and knock out our uh, uh, conditioning test, and what else did we do? Conditioning test. Oh, did you do the what was the, the the beep drill? Is that what it used to be? Right? Well, you got to you got to do a sprint every time it beeps. Did you? No, do that? we didn't have a we we had like it was like sixteen one tens, and we had to get everyone in a certain time. Okay, because I remember it was. Now, always... I kind I kind of cheated this, not cheated the system. They told us what the conditioning test was going to be. Yeah. So what I did was me, my homeboy, uh, 
Joe Collins, who also was with the Jets at that time, and we were both staying in Sacramento, what we did was at the end of every field workout, we would do the conditioning test. So once okay. we reported for training camp, it was a breeze. Yeah, you, you already knew what was going, and you had already practiced it, and you were good. Because I remember for yeah. 49ers camp, and I know some other teams did a similar type of thing. It was the beep drill, and every time there's a beep, you got to sprint, right? And then you basically go until there's nobody left. And I remember Alex Smith every year would always win. And it was almost it was like the quarterback of every team almost every training camp. It was like, I think it was like one of those first day of training camp drills. Like, how good a shape are you in? Training camp starts today. Guys are gassed, you know. And like back in yeah. in my day, it was like, you know, that's when everyone's throwing up on the side um, doing the sprints. And, uh, you know, you, you see who's the leader of the team. And, and it's always like the, the starting quarterback is the guy that has to be the last one in. And he has to make it. And I, was one, I always wondered if it was like, almost like a WWE event in a way that there was some competition, but everybody knew the quarterback has to win. So you got to let the quarterback <laughs> win at some point. I, I was always skeptical of the beep drill stories because it was always the quarterback that was the last one standing. I was like, the quarterback can't be the guy who's in the best shape. I, I would have liked to see who won with ours because we had, we didn't know who our quarterback was. Remember there was Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith was a rookie. So <laughs> I, they had that whole thing. I would not have put on, money on either dynamic. one of them. So I have a quick question. So do you think, do you think Kyle Shanahan would lie about that? Right? Like if the 49ers, oh, if the sure. NFL was like, Hey, you guys are violent. You guys violate this. We're going to cancel your week. Would Kyle Shanahan lie about that? Do yes. you think that he, cause I, I feel like Kyle Shanahan is someone for the most part, he's pretty upfront with everything. I think the bar is so low as far as coaches and GMs telling us the truth. You know, they're they lie so much that even if they seem pretty forthright all the time, you're like, oh, man, this is the most genuine guy I've ever met. But he's still lying half the time. You know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah. I, I, I 100 percent think he would lie about that. I don't know if in this case he was for sure lying about it or if that's the reason he cut the mandatory mini camp short. But if it's something that's going to so if it's, if it's come out anyways. Like that, that that's gonna come out anyway. That's the thing. I wonder if maybe they think maybe I mean there's there's I know for sure there's stuff that we don't know about that happens behind the scenes. So I wonder if they thought this was something that wasn't really gonna come out, and so he tried to skate over it. Or maybe it's like you said, and it makes perfect sense what you said that he was gonna let him go anyway. But then they never did the bowling thing. There was something abrupt about it. There was the injuries too. So I don't know if it was a combination of the injuries, but something definitely I think wasn't as planned with what happened with the 49ers mini camp because they didn't have the team building thing. They didn't go bowling or whatever Shanahan was talking about. So something else was definitely going on there. And the fact that he said that the rookies were going to hang out next week and the rookies did not hang out next week tells me that there's definitely something. So it was either just the rookies that they lost or they lost the entire mini camp. I'm not sure. So that's what I'm thinking. I, I really think that the rookies were supposed to be there for another week and NFL came in and dropped the hammer down and all the rookies had to go home. I would love to kind of find out exactly what what really went down, what happened, just for Let's my curiosity. Let, Let's not reach that it deep into our sources on this subject because now I'm curious too. Uh, yeah. But next, let's talk about rookie fifth round offensive lineman Jalen Moore. Is he a tackle? Is he a guard? What are his prospects for his NFL future? Next, I'd like to take a moment here to tell you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Action. And then when I say all your sports, everything Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, playoffs, super fun, even more fun when you've got a little bit of extra action on those games UFC, MMA, celebrity boxing, golf, everything 
you could imagine betting on, they've got available. They've got lines on it at Bet Online. You've got some futures bets when it comes to NFL teams. Over-under win totals on your favorite team. Rookie of the year. MVP and Super Bowl champion. So uh, before you do anything else, head over to Bet Online. Your laptop, mobile device, your desktop computer. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Get your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit using promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Jalen Moore. I like what I saw from Jalen Moore for a fifth-round offensive lineman. I think Croc, we both agree. We talked a little bit about him off the air. Uh, there, I, We didn't compare full notes yet. We're going to do that live here on the program. But uh, our scouting report, at least to start, sounded somewhat similar. Um, the movement skills were more on par with what you'd expect from a Shanahan offense, right? A Shanahan offensive lineman that has some movement skills, some ability to get out on the run, that outside zone stuff, I think we saw a lot more of that in Jalen Moore than we did about their second-round guard in Aaron Banks. He definitely moved better. Now, here's the issue I had, and we discussed this off uh, camera as well. I'm not sure if the way that I view offense alignment is skewed because of who the tackles are that I've actually paid attention to with the 49ers. Joe Staley for a bunch of years. Now you have Trent Williams. And obviously, I've watched a lot of Mike McGlinchey, but just seeing how they move. And it's really not fair because, I mean, we're talking about all three guys who are first-round picks. Joe Staley was a former, what, tight end or something like that? Yeah, and ran one of the best 40 times for an offensive lineman ever. He was like, he ran 4-7 or something crazy like that. Yeah, something four, seven, crazy. 4-7-9, I think. And Trent Williams, like, those are two of the freakest, most freaky athletic offensive tackles there's ever been. Freaks amongst freaks in the NFL. So if that's what you're holding these guys to, then that's pretty unfair. Yeah, it is very unfair, and I know that, but I'm like, is that what – and even with Mike McGlinchey, he does some weird stuff. I think his lateral movement kind of sucks a little bit, all right? But when you get him kind of like moving in space and straight line and he can run downfield, like you see the athleticism. You see why they would like him from that standpoint. I remember Raheem Mostert's long touchdown against the Raiders on Thursday night football a couple years ago, and McGlinchey was leading the way all the way to the end zone. Like you see that kind of – athleticism in the open field and it's like okay McGlinchey and then I've watched Trent Williams I've watched Joe Staley but then you watch the you watch Banks and I'm like uh doesn't move very well I don't know why they like him you you say that you're not giving yourself enough credit Croc you've watched a lot of players you've watched a lot of offensive linemen you've seen them from all angles you've seen them from all 22 you've seen them from on the field you've seen them from just watching football games you know how they move you've seen interior guys you've seen outside guys so I know you've paid a lot of attention to some really great athletes along the offensive line but you know exactly what a Shanahan offensive lineman looks like a Shanahan guard a Shanahan tackle a Shanahan center and it's athleticism you see these guys out on the move all the time and we both (laughs) just completely did not see that kind of movement skills from Aaron Banks. I right. thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, Jamie yeah. Moore shows a lot more of that. Yeah, more more moved. He was definitely like more nimble and fluid from just a movement skill standpoint and what it looked like. Obviously, when you look at like his height and his weight, you know, he was six, four and a half, about 311 pounds. So he's built more like your traditional Kyle Shanahan office alignment that we've seen him kind of bring in mm-hmm. to this team. And so then the movement skill still the movement skills matched his height, weight, and everything. I did think just from watching him, I felt like he was on the ground a little too much when he wasn't supposed to be. Like I'm not talking about just like trying to do a cut block. Right. I mean, kind of whiffing on a block, 
you made note of that as well. Yes. I saw another time where he led the guy like get into his pads and just throw him to the ground. In one game, I saw him on the ground three times when I felt like he wasn't supposed to be on the ground. Mm-hmm. Any of those times, and we both used and that the was word, a little worrisome. We both used the word "whiff" exactly in our in our notes too, which is yeah. <laughs> which says something. Yeah. So six, he's six four and an eighth, three hundred and eleven pounds. Where I believe his official. Let me pull that up. Yeah, six four and an eighth, three hundred and eleven pounds. And looking at his relative athletic score, just to match this up with what we saw. It, it really matched up well. I was surprised after I made notes and watched him play. Then I went back to see exactly what his measurements were. When I uh, just watching, him, I was like, "This is this guy's built like a guard, right? A little bit more compact, lower to the ground, not super long. Thirty-three and a third inch arm length, which is, I think, like it meets like he meets the minimums to maybe play tackle, but not. You want six five, thirty-four inch arms. You want more length normally for." For tackles and even smaller tackles, he would be on the smallest side. So to me, he looks more like a guard in the NFL. And if he's going to start, I think it's going to be at guard and not tackle, even though he played almost exclusively tackle at Western Michigan. But 6'4", 311 pounds. He put up 27 bench press reps, which is solid. He definitely shows some strength uh, on tape, both uh, in his drive and his uh, upper body. Vertical jump was the the best trait I think he showed in workouts. 30.5 inch vertical. And uh, Aaron Banks also had a nice little vertical jump, former basketball player. And I don't know if Jalen Moore has basketball in his background or not, but a nice vertical jump. Um, his shuttle drill was pretty good. 40 was pretty average, 5.25. But overall, solid, not spectacular workout numbers. And I think you see that on tape. You see him move but the the movement skill I saw the most that I liked was more straight ahead than lateral it was exploding out of his stance and I really liked that and you could see it in the run game you could see it in the pass game and you could see him get out to the second level in a heartbeat in a straight line pulling I saw some athleticism but I think there's something going on with Jalen Moore that doesn't match up between his body and his mind sometimes (laughs) I think that's the best way I can put it and it's because like he can get movement in the running game physically. He's got athleticism. He's competitive to the whistle, especially you know when he has that advantage. He will bury a guy, and and I've seen him play through the whistle a few times. Very different than the previous two guards the 49ers drafted. I think that was the first thing I wrote down here. Yeah. So Aaron Banks and Colton McKivitz, they they were both underwhelming athletically, but both got high marks. They're they're safe players, high marks for character. Didn't get beat a lot were able to handle their assignments, but you didn't watch them and say, oh, this guy's going to be great. You thought, ah, he's got a base level ability, and I'm not sure. And there's a lot of similarities now to think about it between Aaron Banks and Colton McKivitz, both physically and in the entire scouting report, um, except for Colton played some tackle and Aaron Banks didn't. I have a question for you. Yeah, what is so it? So if, if Aaron Banks was a six-round pick like more, who would you like more? I would like Banks more, and I do like Banks more because he wins more. But I'm more intrigued by Jalen Moore. Okay. Because like McKivitz and Banks were both safe players, lower upside, like kind of what you see is what you get. They're kind of almost finished products. It's like, here you go. He's done. He's ready. This is what he's going to be. And that's why Colton McKivitz, I'm worried because if he wasn't ready to play as a rookie and win a right, tack- or right guard job, and then they went and drafted a second round guard. Colton McKivitz might be gone soon. You know what I mean? Because yeah. and, and I wasn't when I watched Colton McKivitz, I was like, 
you put a gold star next to this guy, you know, he must be an awesome dude off the field because that's the stuff that I just don't know. I didn't talk to his coaches. Uh, I didn't talk to him, so I'm not sure what kind of a dude he is, but he got that gold helmet on the 49ers draft board for a reason. But when I watched Colton McKivitz, I thought, mm, I'm not excited about that player. And when I saw Aaron Banks, I thought the exact same thing, especially based on where he was drafted. Top 50, I was like, eh, I'm not super excited about that. But he's a solid player, wins a lot, doesn't get beat a lot. But I, I'm missing the projection of what he could be in, especially in the fit in Kyle Shanahan's offense. But with Moore, it's the opposite. I wanted to see him win more consistently. And he has that raw athleticism. So I see a player who might not be able to get on the field initially with the 49ers, but has some projectable traits that look like he could potentially be a guy in the NFL and maybe be a starter. And so for a fifth round pick, I'm okay with, um, I would be okay with Banks later than when the 49ers drafted him, I think, especially versus some other guys that were on the board at the time. We talked about that, Jeremiah Oku, Owosu, uh, Kormoa, or um, who's the, the, uh, Terrace Marshall was my guy. Yeah, Terrace Marshall obviously was was a big one. It was him and there was three guys. There was like Ojolari, Sante Samuel Jr. Oh, Sante Samuel too. I forgot about him, but Ojolari for sure. And yeah. um, I was like, man, okay, I'm not passing on those guys for Aaron Banks, even though Aaron Banks is fine. So like that's kind of the thing I talked about with the Niners draft. They would get such a better grade if maybe they did the trade up instead of for running back. They traded up for Banks later, drafted one of those higher upside players uh, at a at another position there in round two. Now you're talking. Obviously, this isn't about Banks, and we'll get to some of the other stuff later, and, and we'll talk about my 49ers shadow draft. And there's a question about that uh, again this week. A lot of people have asked about that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But back to um, Jalen Moore. He's very different than those two guys because he's the opposite. Less ready to play now, I think, than Banks and McKivitz were coming out. But there's more projectable athleticism and traits for maybe him to even be better. But he's not better yet. So I think gotcha. that's the best way to put it. Yeah, and I, and I agree. Banks was definitely more consistent from the standpoint. I think that was one of my things that I really noted with him. Run blocking and pass blocking, he's 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 solid. It's just when you see someone really test his movement skills and athleticism, mm -hmm. that's where it started to look a little weird. And then when you get him on the move, it, to me, was a bit underwhelming. So from that standpoint – it was hard to kind of see how that translates to the 49ers offense, but just from what he put on film definitely was very consistent winning. and was almost like, just like a big wall <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm a wall. You can't go through me. Try going around me. Good luck. And I think that's pretty much what Aaron Banks thing was. And you get him on the move and it's, it's not as pretty Jalen Moore, a lot prettier on the move can really shoot out of his stance like I mentioned, get to the second level. He's athletic on pulls. But the, then I saw him also, when he was pulling, he would get kind of like, I, I, you know how quarterbacks, you, you, you say a quarterback has a slow processor. Sometimes I think Jalen Moore had a slow processor. He like gets out on the move, and, and then he's like <laughs> looking for work, and he doesn't know where to go. Like if the, if the initial assignment is thwarted, and you saw this even with pass blocking or run blocking, he'd kind of start stop his feet, or sometimes he would get beat, not so much with athleticism, but more with maybe some technique. Uh, sometimes he would get over his skis a little bit, get caught leaning forward too much. So it was almost like the longer the play goes on, the less I like more. At the beginning of the play, most times I was like, okay, I like what's going on here. You know, So just finish the play, continue to move your feet. As long as his, his brain and his body are married up, things went really well. And if he got his hands on you initially, that usually turned out to be pretty good for him. But occasionally he would shoot his hands and kind of miss 
with that. So I don't know if that's a technique thing, if he's shooting his hands wrong, if he's shooting him too late or something like that. Uh, I would like to run that by an offensive line coach for sure. I would say that, you know, just kind of listening to you talk about him and break him down and kind of the things you liked or didn't like really kind of brings home the fact to me that he's a solid six round pick. Like he's a guy that you feel like when you draft him, look, he has all the ability that we're looking for. We, you know, we could see the movement skills. We could see a lot of the ability. We need to coach him up and get him more consistent. Maybe, you know, coach him up and just make sure that his hands are better or, you know, teach him certain things. Maybe see, you know, can we improve that? Uh, mental processing that you spoke about. And if you can get those things right, then, okay, maybe there's something there and we potentially have somebody that can either be a swing tackle or potentially a starter if somebody goes down. But he's definitely probably not someone who they drafted in the sixth round and was like, okay, which most of the time this isn't the case, but you're not drafting somebody in the sixth round and saying, this guy's coming in and he's going to start or he's even going to compete for a starting spot. Right. I think you look at him and know that there is going to be a process with this and you just want to see how it's going to play out. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one of those coach him up type of prospects, I think, in, in Jalen Moore. Uh, next, I want to get a, a couple of final thoughts on Jalen Moore and then hit the tweets a little bit and finish up this week of Locked On 49ers. RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Convenient self-service at RockAuto.com where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, jumper cables, even new carpet for your classic cars, your daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Trying to get back into shape and something that always fits into any diet I'm trying to do can give me energy throughout the day, can be a little snack, can be a meal replacement if I need it to be, high in protein, low in sugar, that's the key. It's what you're looking for in a healthy snack, and you can find them at BuiltBar.com. High protein, low sugar, low calorie snack you can feel good about and taste fantastic. No skimping on flavor when it comes to Built Bar's. They're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors... Build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Final thoughts on Jalen Moore. Solid pick. Uh, I like him as a prospect. 
I, I, I see a player that I think won't ever be a starting tackle. I just don't think he fits and is consistent enough. And I think just lengthwise, he just, I think he's someone you just plug him in, like left guard, plug him in at left guard and let him get comfortable there. I, I think that's the way I would uh, attack his development. Uh, is the question for me is, and I'll ask you this, Croc, from what you saw, do you think he's a starting guard maybe in year two? Is he someone that you think could get coached up to the point where he's replacing free agent to be Lake and Tomlinson as left guard going forward? Or is he more of a career backup type that could maybe even swing between tackle and guard and who knows even play some center? He's got those big 11 inch hands too, which does help if you're going to handle the football. Well, I will say when I watched his reps at the senior bowl and he lined up at guard there, that he did very well. So I don't want to project him being a starter down the line, but you at least, again, like we said, being a six-round pick, maybe see the potential in them. I definitely saw the potential from watching the senior bowl practice. And I don't know if you were able to see those, but they have all the cut-ups from him uh, participating at the senior bowl, and mm-hmm. he took reps in there at left guard. I, I thought he looked fine there, and I, I didn't see him, you know, whiffing or, you know, I thought his movement skills from there were good. I thought he had showed good power for the most part. I know you talked about, uh, a rep where you were watching where he got kind of pushed back some, and we didn't see that from Aaron Banks. He wasn't getting pushed back, at least in the games that I watched. Yeah. But he's talking about getting pushed back. But Senior Bowl, watching those cut-ups of him participating in there, I thought he did well at guard. And that's the only guard film I, I have of him. And Maybe he kind of caught wind that the NFL was thinking, hey, you okay, you tackle, we'll, we'll see. But really, we think you're more of a guard. So can we see you get some reps there? He did, and it looked like he did well. I'll ask that. I, I, I want to ask Jim Nagy, but Nagy, I don't know if he just hypes up everybody that's oh, from no, the Senior yeah. Bowl. You, yeah, he's he's crazy. He hypes the hell out of the Senior Bowl guys, and we, which is you know good and bad. But he, yeah, he's very loyal to his Senior Bowl guys, and he doesn't hype yeah. up anybody else. So that's one thing you got to realize when you hear Jim Nagy talk about guys like, okay, calm down, guy. I know he said yes and took your invite to the Senior Bowl, and you're excited about it, but he does go a little bit overboard sometimes with that. that's super funny um yeah but overall yeah i like a good prospect good prospect Jalen moore fifth round player let's watch him compete i think he's a better fit inside and i think he has traits that could be a starting caliber player even eventually and so i'm sure that's why they liked him and i know they went heavy on the senior bowl and john lynch was leaning on that this year and that's probably what ended him ended up in in him becoming a 49er in the end Croc, thanks for throwing me under the bus on Twitter. You're throwing out a tweet telling everybody that I hate the new uniforms. You had people people coming after me, questioning my uh, questioning my <laughs> everything. This Your was, sense of style. This one from well, here's the thing is I and I'll take them on. This one from Tim said uh, I'm all in on Brian in most takes, but this is career ending. And I'm thinking, come on, dude, have you seen? And, and I, this is what I said to Tim. I said, well, at least they're not as bad as your hat shirt combo. Like when someone comes at me. With Tim's look, and we had a chuckle about it. It's not that serious. I don't honestly care that much about uniforms, period. But um, I, I like to take on some people who are trying to question, uh, you know, my uh, my artistic sensibilities, which is what Dude, I talked you, about with with Coach Vass too. So, um, but anyway, you like, took them on like Jon Snow. Remember in that yeah. that battle where everybody's running at him and he's right there with the sword, and they just all kind of like pass him up. Like that's how. Like when I was watching you in my mentions, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Because yeah, in, in like uh, coach, who is a coach? A uh, coach Yak. Sorry, and I've, he's he's heavy in uh, 49ers Twitter. I see him tweet a lot, and you know, no hard feelings here. But he said some people just don't have good taste. He said that about me, and I'm thinking, 
<laughs> have you ever met a coach that has good taste? You can't have good taste and be a good coach. So is Coach Yak a good coach or does he have good taste? Because it's one or the other. You can't have both. Yeah, it's tough to be more. Uh, it's tough to be well versed as a legit coach. Yeah, uh, you you typically really like the swag, or you just don't. I think I like it too much, so you know that's why I'm podcasting. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and and look, uh, a lot of it when it comes to taste comes back to music because I've been a musician. I've played a lot of music, and uh, generally, people do have bad taste in the world and where whatever is the most trendy thing, whatever is the most popular thing, usually you can guarantee in five years, everyone's going to look back and be like, that was terrible. Right. So, um, I've been on the right side of history when it comes to taste in my career. So I'll challenge anybody. Let's see your photos of yourself from 10 years ago, from 15 years ago, from 20 years ago, depending on how old you are. Let's see how good your taste really ages. And I'll put my old photos up against anybody's old photos any day because I think there would be some really funny stuff from seeing some people who try to talk about taste. To me, what they look like, what they were wearing 20 years ago, I bet it was on the highest trends of the time, which do not age well. I think back to like, like imagine like 1977 and you're like a punk rocker. You gotta, you're literally getting in fights on the street, right? Because you're like a, a punk rock dude. And uh, meanwhile, the most popular thing in America is Saturday Night Fever and like disco attire, right? With the thick, the bell bottoms and the, the yeah. hair and the, the thick collar. Uh, meanwhile, fast forward to 2021, you, 2021, you can buy a Ramones t-shirt at Target, right? Like what stood the test of time right there? So uh, if you're following trends and thinking you have good taste and it's easy to see in hindsight, but knowing what's popular, following the trends at the time and actually knowing what's cool at the time, that's a big difference. Feel free to go out there and throw your money down and buy whatever people are trying to sell you, but I'm going to scrutinize. I'm not that easy. So, Croc, if there's anybody out there that questions my taste, they need to know. Brian Peacock ain't no Mark S. Buster. You feel me? You feel what I'm saying right now? I feel you. <laughs> right. Hey, I was just actually talking to my son about... Uh, we were looking at a kid, and the kid like was on the football field, and he had band socks on with his cleats and stuff. And I was like... I did that 12 years ago in junior college. I yeah. pulled up the picture. You can see the picture with me with the van socks. I was like, yeah, Croc's I did that. legit, dude. Croc knows what's up. Anyway, definitely not taking advice from people on Twitter. That's for sure. You know, and that always bothered me about music, not to get off on a music tangent, but you, you'll meet somebody and you'll say, um, hey, what, you know, what kind of music do you like? And their answer will be, oh, I like all kinds of music. Like all, I like all, every music. I like all types of music. And I always thought that was the oddest answer. Because that is not taste. Because they would say that as in, oh, I have great taste. I like all kinds of music. To me, that's an absence of taste. That's not taste, mm. right? That's like a complete absence right. of taste. It's like you have no identity. Just tell me you don't like music. Because that tells me you don't care about music. Because if you cared about it, you would have a really deep opinion about it, right? Like you, Croc, when it comes to swag on a football field, you've got deep opinions about it. This is something that's been well thought out. You know how things look. And, and for me, it's like with music. Like I've spent half my life in rock clubs listening to bands like when you go to a festival and you can't even see the bands you came to watch, like, are you there to wear a hat and look cool and, and take photos of yourself? Or are you there for the music? You know what I mean? So right. um, wherever you see a crowd run the other direction, essentially paraphrasing a Charles Bukowski quote there. I'm not saying the 49ers uniforms are that bad. They're not even that bad, by the way. I mean, thank God you don't have to go put on a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform and go root for your football team. Right. Hold on. I just tweeted out the uh, picture of, of it was Trevor Lawrence and it was Trevor Lawrence and Etienne. 
And there was something about their uniforms, very plain, but they look nice. They look clean. I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a perfect point about these throwback 49ers uniforms in that photo. And I think I saw the same one you're talking about. They're not wearing helmets, are they? They are not. And all these photos Wait, of no, 49ers they were wearing players, helmets. there's the no helmets were. Oh, the they Jaguars, were? Okay. Because yeah. that's one of the, like the two-tone black to, to gold gradient helmet. That's bad. I don't think they have that anymore. Oh, they don't have that one because that was one of the worst looks. I feel bad, though, for those franchises that were expansion teams in the 90s because like all the good colors were taken. So everyone was like, oh, we're going to go black because everyone goes black now. It's like the Ravens are like black and purple. and like, yeah, whatever. Uh, the Jaguars are like, let's be all the colors. Um, Miami is done. <laughs> like, where'd the gold come from with the Jaguars? Because uh, they were teal and they, I mean, they were black and teal. Yeah, they were teal at first, and then teal got way out. That was see, a perfect example. Everything was teal in the 90s, and then every, and then people realized, you know what? Teal is actually a terrible color. Let's not have teal on anything anymore. <laughs> so they were like, let's put more gold in there because that looks more like a Jaguar color, but, you know, gold with black spots. But then, yeah. then you become the Saints, right? And, and the Saints uniforms are pretty nice. It's a good color they combo. Anything with gold. And that's the thing with the 49ers is, look, I know they didn't originally have any gold, but they found gold in their uniforms. Like, yeah, you know what? This is important. Gold pants gold helmet that's the look yeah and i think that's that was your biggest issue with the uniforms you know you just didn't and and nick winkler backed you up he had the yeah. same type of feeling about the uniforms as you he just wishes that maybe there was some more gold into the uniforms and he just doesn't think that it just flows as well and yeah and you know what and then you add gold to it and then all of a sudden it starts to become pretty close to what they had and the uniforms originally that they're throwing back to didn't have gold helmets and the red helmets didn't look great either. It looked even more like the popsicle thing I was talking about with white on the bottom and red on the top. So uh, whatever the throwbacks, you wear them once that's fine. And people are going crazy about it, acting like they're the best uniforms ever. And that's where I draw the line. Those other uniforms they wore in the nineties. what do you think about those? They wore in the nineties uh, and early two thousands. Oh, the, like the burgundy red awful. God awful. Terrible uh -huh. red color. I Oh, dude, hate them, hate them. Those are worse than the throwbacks, I think. But they got the gold in them. They do, but the, it's the burgundy. The, the color of red is all wrong. And even the throwback 90s, the red is different than they are this year. So they, they did some very minor changes this year, which helped the throwbacks look better than they used to. They made the numbers closer together. Um, and you you always bring up the, the photo of Dion with the throwbacks. But with Dion, it's all about the extra stuff. If you have to put every accessory in the world on to make your uniform look good, that means the uniform is not good by itself. Well, I think the uniforms back then just kind of, just the way they looked, they were really big and baggy and yeah. flapping all over the place. Now, even if you don't have the accessories, it's a lot easier to look clean just because of how the uniforms fit on the players now. So, you know, most guys, you can run out there with just gloves on and still look good because the uniform fits tight and then you probably have a visor on and all types of stuff that may just makes you look clean regardless well back then i mean that thing was big baggy swinging you went one way the jersey went the other way <laughs> you know so that was yeah. a, that was an issue with them too back back in the day i looked at some of the pictures like some people posted like an, an old like it was like uh steve young dropping back to throw and i'm just like gosh his jersey is all over the place there yeah there's the one and Actually, the the ninety four throwbacks there was I, I think it was actually in the Super Bowl they didn't have stripes at all it was just literally red with some numbers on it that was it and a patch it looked like something that you would get at a weird counterfeit flea market or something like they it looked like they were <laughs> they just threw they're like oh shoot the Niners in the Super Bowl let's just crap out a bunch of uniforms so they can have something to wear you know that that's what it looked like it was a complete afterthought 
they they definitely look a lot better now than they did in, in actually 94 in my opinion I don't think they were that bad. So good job, 49ers. You, you improved on some jerseys, but they're obviously still not the best. And look, I don't really care that much about the uniforms, whatever they're wearing. But the the classics, the classics are the best, the classic dynasty era, and go back to the old helmet logo too. And then you've you've got it figured out. You're done at that point. Will you be purchasing a helmet? I mean, a, a jersey, excuse me. No, I won't. I, Do you buy jerseys at I all? I don't really buy jerseys. I only own two jerseys, and one was a present at my wedding that has my name on the back. It's a San Francisco Giants baseball jersey. My wife got a Dodgers one because that was a big thing with our wedding. It was like a Giants family and a Dodgers family marrying up. So one oh, of our cool. gifts was um, our names. You know, I had a Giants one. She got a Dodgers one. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then the other one is uh, like a little early 90s, late 80s Visalia Oaks jersey. And it's got a, I don't even know who the player is, but it's like an old vintage nameless minor league baseball jersey. If I did buy a jersey, I'd buy a jersey of a retired player. That's a big thing that Nick yeah. and I have talked about a lot on this podcast is don't. It's my advice to you all out there. Don't buy jerseys of current players. Weird stuff happens. Guys get arrested. Guys get traded. Guys get hurt. Um, buy a retired player's uniform because you know what their legacy already is. Well, Fred Warner's jersey like sold out like within like hours. Right. And I commented on someone's post and said, I would not like he's like the last person I would buy because he's in this contract year Wait, and I saw what they did to the Forrest Buckner. Yeah. There's no way I'm until he puts that pen to the paper, there's no way I would buy a Fred Warner jersey. And like you, I don't buy jerseys in general. Uh, I was gifted Colin Kaepernick jersey. I might get the Trey Lance just because it looked kind of sweet and I expect to go to a couple 49er games this year on the road yeah but and and, and that's only like i'm going to 49er games on the road like I'm, i think i'm going to the bears game i'm definitely going to the eagles game so it's like i gotta i gotta stunt where where so 49 jersey are you gonna get the white then because they'll be wearing the white on the road or are you gonna get the I'm red still wearing the red you're wearing I'm the still red. wearing the red here's the other thing is trey lance might never wear the throwback so if you get a Trey Lance throwback it's something he might never i mean he'll probably wear it on the sideline he might never actually play in that uniform on the field Ah uh, man, hey, well, I, I'm, I'll get a picture of him warming up and just be like, "Look!" <laughs> Imagine how many people bought DeForest Buckner 49ers jerseys in 2019. Oh man, that's a bummer. I mean, I know nobody expected him to be gone. Wild. We are not doing a show Monday. We're off here at the network celebrating the Fourth of July. So Croc and I will be back Tuesday covering anything that happened over the long weekend. Hope everybody has a fantastic holiday, sees friends, has a great time. Talk to you then right here, Locked on 49ers.